0: When you think about the word destiny, you think uh, usually in two ways. One is, uh, well, what is my destiny? And is my destiny uh, just uh, preassumed in my life? Uh, am I predestined? Uh, what about my destiny? If you were a Buddhist or Islam, you would believe that your destiny is what it is and that you would have no choice. And that's the way it is. You just be born, and your life will be guided by Islam or the Buddhist, and that's that's the way it is. You have no say so, no matter how you live, uh, you know, no matter what decisions you make, you're going to wind up where you were programmed before the beginning of time. You were going to wind up. That's not Christianity. Christianity says that you and I have the privilege of choosing our destiny. We have the privilege of choosing what the journey is like, and we have the privilege, of course, of enjoying the ride as it relates to Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit in our life. And we start our new series today talking about preparing for your future. And next Sunday, we're going to talk about what are you going to do with tomorrow? Are you just going to let tomorrow sneak up on you? Are you going to play it out? Are you going to dread it? You're going to act as if today that tomorrow's never going to come? How is that going to work out for you? And we're going to deal with that next week. There's one thing that you can believe, and I'll share this with you relative to your destiny. Number one, God's destiny for your life is good. It is good. And I know that by the fact of the Scripture. Some people think their destiny is negative. It's just all negative. But let me give you a Scripture. It's one that you know. Oh, my gracious, it's Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord plans to prosper you and not harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. I want you to notice a couple things about that verse. Number one, for I know the plans, that's one that I have for you, declares the Lord. Two plans, that's the second, plans to prosper you and not harm you. Number three, plans to give you hope and a future. It must mean in this message, as we talk about in a few moments, that planning is extremely important. Here's the second thing. God's destiny for you is good. Number two, I get to choose my destiny. I have a choice. I get to decide. It's not automatic. It's not live any way you want to. Hey, I get to choose. I get to have a say in it, and we know that. And you'll find that out through our text today. Out of, uh, out of the writings there, as it relates to Joshua, leading the children of Israel in the promised land after wandering around in the desert for some, how many years? How many? 40. 40 years. Wandering in the desert for 40 years. They've been in slavery in Egypt for 400 years. Now, here's, here's something you might want to consider, you young people. Uh, the reason they were in Egypt for 400 years was because of disobedience. They couldn't get it right. They were rebellious. They couldn't just pull it together. They wanted to run their own lives. They wanted to make their own decisions. And when they wanted to rebel, they did. If it happened to be convenient, they would listen to Jehovah. But 400 years in slavery for one reason, disobedience. 40 years in the desert, wandering around. Why? Disobedience. It must mean that being obedient will cause you a lot less trouble than being disobedient was the reality. It only took, in reality, from Egypt to the promised land, 11 days. 11 days now. 11 days. Instead, it took them 40 years wandering in the desert. i, I got to tell you, all right, 40 years, 11 days. I would choose the 11-day route. But if you're disobedient, how long does it take God? What does God have to do to get your attention? We know that the twelve spies went into the promised land, ten came out, had a negative report, and and they said, Hey, here are the obstacles that are there. Life is not Fair, friends, say that with me. Life is not fair. If you're expecting to be obstacle-free, it is not going to happen. Ten went in, and they said, here's what we observe. My gracious, Allah, they're, they're, we're like grasshoppers compared to some of them. They are huge. Sure, they got great fruit, great produce, etc. cetera, great land there. It's fertile land, but we're like grasshoppers, and we cannot do it. It is not possible, just not possible there's a little video takes a look called "The Pursuit of Happiness." It'll kind of emphasize that fact. Take a look at it for just a moment. I'm going Oh, okay, yeah. I don't know. You know, uh, you'll probably be about as good as I was. That's kind of the way it works, you know. And I, I, I was below average. You know, so, oh. so you'll probably ultimately rank somewhere around there, you know, so. Really, uh, you'll excel at a lot of things, just not this. I don't want you out here shooting this ball around all day and night, all right? All right. Okay. All right, go somebody tell you you can't do something. Not even me. Alright? Alright. You got a dream? You got to protect it. People can't do something themselves. They want to tell you you can't do it. You want something? Go get it period. Some of you resonate with that? Of course, the 10 spies says not possible. The promise of God is not real. There's no way that God will be able to bring to pass because there are too many challenges that are there. If you are always counting your challenges and never counting your promises, you are not living in the will of God. Always remember that. Understand that because as a spiritual person, it is extremely important. We know the two who brought back the good report Moses is 120 years of age at this point. Joshua is uh, a young recruit, but at the time of our text, Joshua is 80 years of age, and he's been told, hey, you're going to have to, 80 years of age, you're going to have to cross the Jordan River. But God gives the promises way back there in Deuteronomy, the 30th chapter. Here it is, verse 15. I set before you today, 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 this is real today. I set before you today life and prosperity or death and destruction. Life and life and, uh, and prosperity, or death and destruction. For if you love the Lord your God, you'll walk in His ways, you keep His commandments, then you'll live and you'll increase, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land that you are entering to possess. That is the promise of God. So, if you knew today and you understand His promise and you take it in through this message, you're going to really, really live. God's going to give you increase and in blessing. God's going to touch you beyond your imagination and you're going to play toward that. You're going to believe it. You act out what you truly believe. If you're not acting it out, guaranteed, you do not believe it. Let me move forward. Here's what will happen if you don't do it. So, God says, I, I give you the big-time big opportunity, any of you. You see, here's what's going to happen in this message. Some of you, God's going to eat your lunch. That's your hard talk. He's going to eat your lunch. Others of you, you're going to feel like you got a target right on your forehead. And God's got those plenty of those sucker areas They go, stick right there. Some of you are going to fold your arms and say, not for me you know, out of my league, etc. Others of you, God's going to speak to your heart, and here's what's going to happen. This is my prayer for everybody. The needle in your life is going to move a little bit, just a little bit. You're going to say, I can do that. You're going to say, God, you, I can do that. And before you know it, that needle is going to begin to move because every time this word is preached, here are two things that you do. You either move forward toward God or you take a step back away from God. There is no way to remain the same when the Word of God has spoken and when the Word of God is preached. He said, but if your heart turns away from me, if you don't pay attention, you're not going to live long in the land you're crossing the Jordan to enter and possess. Not long. I have set before you life or death, blessing or curses. Now, choose life, remember, to begin with, so that you and and your children Mom and dad, the priorities you set in your life and the way you live, the priorities in your life will dictate to your children what they understand. And if you have children that are grandchildren, they're going to see the priority in your life as a grandparent. And if you have adult children, they still need to look at your faithfulness and your commitment in setting your priorities. There is never a time, if you're going to please God, that you can shift to cruise and be able to just cruise along when there is, in fact, something to be done for the kingdom of God in the here and now. Some life needs to be changed. God said, I want you to get up and be about the Father's business for as long as you're rolling your sleeves up and you are about the Father's business. That's where the blessing things are. That's where the favor is. That's where the goodness is. That's where the miracles are. You choose. Choose life. Choose life so that your children may live. Are your children right with God? Are your grandchildren right with God? If the answer is no, get busy. How do you prepare for the future that God wants you to have as an individual? Listen carefully. Prepare with a plan. In other words, prepare a plan. How many times did Jeremiah say the word plan? How many remember? Three, three times. Remember that? Three times, plan plan. Joshua 1 verse 1 through 4. four After the death of Moses the Lord said to Joshua, Moses is dead. Now get ready to cross the Jordan River to the land I'm giving you and I'll give you every place where you set your foot just as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the Sinai Desert to Lebanon from the Euphrates to the great sea on the west. Here's what he's doing. He said i want to give you the specific plan. Here's a stake Here's a stake, here's a stake, here's a stake. Everything within these stakes, that belongs to you. And if you're going to possess the future, you're going to have to stop looking back and get out of the muck of being stuck. Life will bear you down. And you can accept being stuck if you get used to that. You will not move, my friend. But the minute you feel your feet beginning to get entrenched in the cares of this world, shake it off and say, I refuse to get stuck in the life in which I'm living here. I have some moving to do. And by the grace of God, I'm not going to remember yesterday as it's my tomorrow. I'm going to come out of this thing and believe God, for it is my decision to come out of the muck and get unstuck. Amen. Why? Because your, your land is from the Sinai to Lebanon and from the Euphrates, which is Iraq, modern Iraq, to the Mediterranean Sea, 40 years. In the study for the message, here's what I found out 27% of Americans have no thought for a future. No thought. They're just living today. One day at a time, sweet Jesus. One day I hope tomorrow may never come. I got enough troubles of my own right now. Sixty percent has given some thought about tomorrow, only in the area of finances, only in the area of finance. And what am I going to get? A whole sandwich tomorrow, a half sandwich because we would not have enough bread. of those Americans gave serious thought to their future. 10%. And 3% of those Americans surveyed actually had a plan, a thought for tomorrow, and wrote the plan down. But here's what they found out when they went back and did a little checkup. The 27% had given no thought about the future. All 27%, they were on welfare. All 27% of the 60% who gave a little thought about making uh, uh, about finances they are barely making ends meet barely barely making ends meet the 10% who had given serious thought they were successful but the 3% who actually wrote a plan down they were very successful and the difference between the 10% who were successful and the 3% that were very successful was not about their education, not about their skill set, had nothing to do with it. It had to do with the fact that the 3% had written a plan down and said, hey, I'm going to be guided by that plan. That's this right here. You know how you're guided in life's decisions? It's this plan right here. It is the plan of God. When your plans does not align with this plan, you will go awry. You will hit the ditch and you may not recognize. But if your life is lived out by this plan right here, I'm here to tell you in the name of Jesus Christ this plan does not lie. It is not questionable. It is the word of the living God. It is fire. It is power. It is life to you. Live it out this way. Y'all ought to be clapping the house down, friend. My gracious alive. And I'm not done. All success in my life goes to God. Say that with me. All success in my life goes to God. So here's Joshua 1.10. So Joshua ordered the leaders to go through the camp and tell how many? How many? Everyone. Say, I don't know about everyone, but I know about everybody. Everyone. Prepare your provisions. In three days, you'll cross the Jordan. There's your timeline, and you're going to go in and take possession. That is your task of the land that the Lord your God is giving for you to own. He said, I'm specific about the plan. Be sure you get your provisions together. Life is not going to be handed to you on a silver platter. Success and pleasure and the fulfillment of God's will in your life is not going to come on a silver platter. But here's what he does promise, Psalms 20, verse 4. May he give you the desire of your heart and make all your what? Plans what? Succeed. How's he going to do that if you don't have any? How's he going to do that? Well, I like living from the hip. That's all right, friend. You'll be hipless before long. I like just shooting from the waist. What do you think you're going to accomplish? The devil loved for you to be in that mode. Because if you never have a plan, you never have a purpose, you never have a vision, you never have an ambition, and you're living just for the next hour in your life, my friend, you are not going to blow a gnat's brains out. And here we are, the church of Jesus Christ. We're supposed to be the threat to the power of darkness. The gates of hell will not prevail. Here's what he says make all your plans succeed. How wonderful is that? The problem is if we don't have the plans it won't succeed. Even the ants in the book of writings of Proverbs, the ants prepare for the winter because in the summer they're building up a food supply in the summer so they can have something to eat in the winter. Luke 14 says no builder builds a tower without first making a plan. Proverbs 20:18. Don't go charging into battle without a plan. And when you plan you don't stay You don't stay still. You move forward. You're faced with a major challenge today. you got some major challenges. Don't shift into cruise control. Here's what I'm asking you to do. Just take this and try this on for size. Remember that needle's got to move a little bit. Let me ask you, what do you think your next giant is? In your mind's eye, what is your your next Jordan? What is your next Jordan? You say, well, my next Jordan is... uh, I've got a kid graduating from high school next year, and the Jordan is, uh, they want a college education. Or, or the next Jordan is is I, I have I, I know that, that our refrigerator is about to break down. I mean, we've taped it up with PVC and duct tape. We've had the servicemen to come out. Uh, well, I know my car is shot. Let me ask you a question. Are you afraid of tomorrow by not looking at that in reality? And say, now listen God, I believe in miracles. Amen? But God also says, face reality and prepare for what reality may hand you. You see, the devil doesn't have to sneak up on you. You can see him coming. Amen? It happens to me every Sunday. (laughs) The devil shows up every single Sunday. What is he saying? Get your provisions together. You know where you need to go. God has a brighter, more challenging future to you. But you don't have to be afraid of tomorrow. You don't have to be afraid of the giants. You don't have to be afraid of the Jordan. Proverbs 16, 3, commit to the Lord whatever you do, then your plans will succeed. Commit. Here's number two. I need to build my life completely on the Word of God right here. So here's the question. Just move the needle a little bit. How many of you, not just taking a book of devotions, and your devotion had Genesis 1. How many of you know the first word in the Bible in Genesis 1-1? The first word. How many know what it is? Y'all. Is it? No. N. My granddaughter said, ask me some Bible questions. We were at lunch. I said, what's the first word in the Bible? In. N. N. So let me ask you, outside of that book that just had that scripture, did you take this down, okay, and read it? You know what the majority of the stats say? The majority in this room didn't do that at all. That's what Christianity, that's what the stats say about Christianity, not you. But if you don't open this book, quit preaching. Because if you open your mouth and start preaching, there's no way you're going to preach what's not in you out of this book. It's right here. Somebody said, I don't like you anymore. I, said, I don't like you anymore. Somebody told me the other day they pray tell you don't like me little old me, you don't like me. Well, you know why they say that? Because they hadn't read the book. You understand if you read, that's the whole point of this message. So here we go, Joshua 1: seven and eight, Be careful to obey the law my servant Moses gave you. Don't turn to the right or the left, that you'll be successful, and wherever you go, study this book of the law continually meditate day and night, so that you be careful to do everything written within, it. then you'll be prosperous and successful. I want to be prosperous and successful, but God says, okay, read the book. Read the book, Sir. Your wife shouldn't be reading the book for you. Be a spiritual man of God. Read the book for yourself. Why? Because it is the Word of God that inspires your heart to help you do what you need to do in Christ Jesus. The more your heart and your mind and your body is infiltrated and saturated with the Word of God, the greater blessing and success you're going to have. You say, I'm doing pretty good. Hey, if you're doing pretty good, shout and thank God for it. I'm serving warning on you. Something is going to come along in your life. And you're going to say, what in the world do I need to do? And you don't have any database in your heart and your mind to say, let me serve it up to you, enemy. You're a liar. You know this is the truth. Somebody say, man... In other words, don't get caught up in life with things that clamor with your priorities. So here it is, priorities. Just write down five or ten priorities. Five, just write five. If I say write five, you say write them down. Here you go. You know what the stats say? That three out of the five, four out of the five, would be about the here and now. And there might be one that's questionable that talks about eternal priority. I'm living my life for the here and now. But you know what? The things that really matter is not about the here and now. The things that really matter is what are you doing that make eternal value? Amen. Amen? So here's what he said. Meditate on it day and night. Why do you need to do that, Joshua? You're going to find out here shortly in this next point that we're going to share with you. It's no wonder Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All the things that he has in store is going to be added to you. Psalms 3410, those who seek the Lord will lack no good thing. How many of you, you've lived a life that's miraculous. God showed up just in the nick of time. This is a good chance for you to raise your hand and say, I didn't know what I was going to do. I'm telling you, we had two slices of bread, but we didn't have any baloney to put between them. Amen? God showed up in the nick of time. No good thing. Is he going to hold back? It's true. The message today, you're hearing the admonition. So here's what's happening now. Some of us are saying, I need to make a few tweaks. I I need to just tweak a few things so that I know that I'm accomplishing what God wants me to accomplish in his name. And at the end of the day, here's what's going to happen to each of us. You're gonna die. Somebody came up to me for a church, said a family member, sir, dreamt I died. She said, I'm glad to see you today. You and I are gonna die one day. Think about it now. Do you know how long it takes to die? (laughs) Not long. Not long. I mean, I've been to the hospital and see strong men and women in the church one week on a Sunday, and before that week's out, I see them on life support systems and not knowing what's going on, and the life support system breathing for them, beating their heart. The life support system is keeping them alive. I just last Sunday, I saw them strong. See, going to die. Here's another encouraging thing. When you die, they're gonna powder puff your face, <laughs> even if you're a male. I've been there. They're gonna powder puff your face. They're gonna make you look good. They're gonna give you a little old haircut. You ladies, they're gonna spray that spray can on a whole can. Shhh. They're gonna fix you up. And here's what people are gonna say, man, don't they really look good? And they never told you that when you were breathing. (laughs) Don't they really? They did a good job with them. Then they're going to bury you. And what you put such pride in is going to decay and be destroyed no matter who you are. What's going to matter then? What's going to matter then is the things that you did of eternal value. God's going to say, I saw a fat one come through the gate today. Fat in good works. Good Lord have mercy. I'm telling you what, they had to have a U-Haul trailer to get in. They've got so many good works coming. Somebody talk to me. Yeah, here comes a, I, there's a semi coming through. It's got three girls and a truck, hallelujah, that's coming through. There they are, fat and good works. And then he's going to say, oh my Lord, that one is so skinny. That is so skinny they look like a what? A toothpick. They made it in barely by the skin of their teeth did nothing so here's what he says there are a lot of people today in life that can make it until you get to the end and then you're going to say i didn't live by the book i didn't meditate by the book psalms 14 verse number two says here it is the lord looks down from heaven On the sons of men to see if there are any who understand and if any are seeking the Lord. You know what he just said? That right here and right now he's looking down this afternoon to look down and say, if anybody understands what they heard in church today, and let me look down to see if any are seeking the Lord. That's what I want to be. Pastor... You must seek the Lord a lot. If you knew me, you know I have to seek the Lord a lot. Would you always walk on the straight and narrow? Let me tell you, I wobble sometimes. Amen? I wobble sometimes. Unbelievable. But here's what I know, what's in my heart. Through my prayer, because I pray. Through my Bible study, because I read it. Through my study, I study it. And through my faithfulness to the church, I will be here tonight. I've got to tell you, God looks down and said, he's coming after me, amen. I'm going to fatten him up. Hallelujah, I just figured out why I have such a problem. It's all God's fault, fattening me up and enjoying the blessings of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because when you live for him, Your soul is set by the grace of God. Amen? Just tweak a little bit. Come on, if you're going to clap, do it everything. Put your feet together and clap them. Amen? You clap enough, I'll be done by noon today. (laughs) Just for you. Here we go. To possess my destiny is right here. I must courageously step out in faith. Let me ask you a question: How many of ever parachuted out of an airplane? All right, come on, get them up real high. Parachuted. All right, you. Do. All right, keep them up now because I'm looking over here. How many of you you parachuted because you had to? Anybody? He, who over here? Raised you, you parachuted, cause you, who, had to over here, right here. You parachuted because you had to. How many has you parachuted out of a plane, cause you chose to do it? My daughter Lori did. Over here, you chose to do it. You lady, I see you back there. You survived. You chose to do it. Who else lost their mind and (laughs) chose to do it? Now, let me tell you something. You'd have to kick me out. (laughs) Amen? The Bible says in a song, swing low. Sweet chariots swing low. (laughs) Amen. But here's the deal. You know what he's telling us? I want, this is yard talk. I feel yard talk coming on. on. I want all y'all to jump. All y'all to jump. What is that? That's an exercise of trust. Good to see you, Neil. Welcome back from the palace. His son was Jalen. Raise your hand. And his wife, Jalen, where you at, Jalen? Got the Diana Award in London. The only one in the nation of America that got it. Right there, buddy. Proud of you. Only one. That's called jumping. I'm here to tell you. All started out because of bullying against him. He took the bullying issue and didn't whine about it and said, I want to do something about it by the grace of God, directed by Neil and his mom. They did it together by the... Come on, my friend, put your hands together. Let's thank that young man. You saw Prince Harry, right? Prince Harry said, tell your pastor, hello. Hello. Or something like that. (laughs) So here it is. I want you to stay with me now. He says to Joshua, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. If I were Joshua, I got it. I mean, three times, I got it. How many of you women have to tell your husband three times? May I see your hand? That's right, maybe more. Be strong and courageous. Why? Everything in the Bible has a reason. Maybe it's because Joshua might have been intimidated by his predecessor, Moses. Okay, here I am. All of a sudden, I'm the CEO of, uh, of all you people, a million plus. Be strong and courageous. God, now that I've met a couple of them, I know what you meant when it says be strong and courageous. Moses is dead, but I'm the same God that flowed through Moses that I want to flow through you, Joshua. But for that to happen, you be strong and courageous. You see, you're going to have to fight for your destiny. If your success rate is wobbling right now, you're going to have to fight for it and claw for it. Amen? Get down and nasty with the devil. Somebody talk to me. Get down there where it's at and say, let me tell you something. You might have taken a needle and put a hole in my balloon, but here's what I do know. You took the natural air out of my balloon, and I'm taking it over to the supernatural man, and he's going to breathe some supernatural air in my balloon of my life, and it's not going to fall again. It's going to rise until you can't see it in the more into the atmosphere beyond anything you have ever known. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Live that way. Let the Holy Spirit live that way. You've got to fight for it. Look in the next two or three years and see what you see as God prepares a greater destiny for you. And as you look at it, well, here we go. We're made across the Jordan River. When he went across, Canaan had seven nations, all those nations were bigger than Israel. They had warriors. They had armies. Israel had none. They had fighters. Israel had none. Seven nations there. The minute they crossed over, the spy planes flew back into those seven nations. The spy reports came in. It was FaceTime. It was FaceChat. It was Instagram. It was Snapchat. It was Twitter and Ditter and Jotter or what all it is out there. And he said, hey, we got a, a nation coming across. And they've been told to take our land. Joshua, be strong and courageous. the promised land was sweet. And it belonged to them. But he said, take it. Well, God, tell me something. Okay, first, God's with me. Verse five, no one's going to be able to defeat you all of your life. Number two, God keeps his promises. Be determined and confident. You will lead these people to possess the land. I have promised to previous generations. Number three, God told me to do it. Joshua said, Have I not commanded you to do this? So, God, I got it. I got it. Be strong and courageous. Okay, I've got it. You know, I'm really, I'm ready to go. I've got it. I've got all that down. Now, here are two things going to get you goat one is fear. Fear is going to keep you from starting. And discouragement is not going to let you finish. Even if you overcome fear and you get in it, I'm telling you discouragement will come. You know why? Because your whole life is going to be battles and blessing, battles and blessing. And the enemy will never attack you in the blessing phase. He'll attack you in the battle phase. And sometimes you may have to fight the same battle more than once. So he says, here you go fear. We got that taken care of. God, you're with me. I'm ready to go. They take a cross, put the ark, put the priest. They go out, begin to march across the Jordan, 17 miles upstream. It stops dead. and God said, now, It's a flood stage. I understand that, but that's when I want you to do it. God said, I'm not trying to raise a a prissy soldier. I'm trying to raise a man of a soldier, a a woman of a soldier. I I don't want you to be able to jump across the Jordan. I I want it flood stage. When when you cross that river, they're going to know it was not you. It wasn't your amphibious boat that took you across. It was the Son of the living God, the Father, the Holy Spirit, and the Son of the living God. God that made a way where there is no way hallelujah who can save you from your own life of self-destruction and so Joshua be of courage there was always a water problem with Israel first it was the Red Sea too much water then it was the desert not enough water got to strike a rock And here we're back again. Now we got another water problem. Always they had a water problem. If you're planning your destiny and you're seeking God and you're listening to all of this, here's what I know. If you're worth your salt in the kingdom of the supernatural here's something I need to find out from you. What Jordan do you have to cross next? You say, which one? I got several Jordans. If you go over to Israel and you, I've seen little piddly Jordan. Some places you can jump across it. But here's what I know it twists and turns so much that if you take a straight chart down to the Dead Sea, you're going to cross the Jordan several times. Same Jordan. Amazing. But here's what he says What Jordan do you have to cross? What big hurdle do you have to overcome? Are you afraid to look at it? Are you afraid to address it? I know that's coming. Buddy, I'm going to work toward it. And when it happens, it's not going to take me by surprise. I'm planning on it. I know it's there. The Jordan, I I know that it's there. I know to get to Jericho, to get into the promised land, You see, I believe that when you take that step of faith, fear will keep you from taking the step of faith. But listen, what's God telling you now? This could be the day of your first day to the new you and a new tomorrow and a first day of new supernatural dispensation functioning in your life. How wonderful is that? Let me give you a few names. Shaphat. Palti. Gidal. Amaleel, Sethur. Gadah, Shamu. Seven names. How many of you recognize any of those seven names? One or two. Y'all don't recognize Shamu. Put <laughs> this down the street. Those are seven of the ten spies who said we can't do it. You don't even know who they are. You don't even know who they are. They're the seven. Seven of the ten that came back. said, We can't do it. We're like grasshoppers in them. Who are the two that you know? Sing them out. Come on. Joshua and Caleb. Joshua and Caleb. You know them. You know why you know them? They said, hey. God being with us, oh, yes, we can. Amen? That's my land. I'm going after it. Amen? I got a bill of sale in my pocket paid through the blood of Jesus Christ. I got a promise that God gave to me way back in the Old Testament, Jeremiah 11. I've got the word of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who said he'd never leave me nor forsaken me. I've got a lifeblood in me that flows with a miraculous touch of the anointing of God. His anointing is upon my life to preach the God. To heal the sick, to raise the dead, to bring to pass that which is lost and bring it into the kingdom and the glory of God. That's who I am. I want you to know who you are. You are rebuked and denied and have no power in my life, in my family, in my finance, in my spirit. I rebuke you in Jesus' name. Come on, somebody. Help this old preacher preach this morning hallelujah come on and everybody stand up we're going to wind it up right here here we go say wind it up preacher I'm going to do just that here's my question which side of Jordan are you going to live on you going to live over there in the chicken desert You're going to live over there where there's no expectation? You're going to live over there where you're familiar? Or are you going to live on the other side where the promised land is? You talk to your finances. You claim your children. You say, they seem to be lost right now, but I, I see them in the promised land over here. God, you're going to show me what house they're living in over there. I'm going to go visit them because I carry the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. God, in my finances, you show me where the fertile land is, and I'll go there. Since it's mine, I'm going to open me up a produce stand, and I'm going to sell the best produce anybody has ever taken. There's always a creative idea for you when you're living on the promised land side. God's plan for you. What did he say? Your destiny you control it quitters will never make it to the promised land and if they do they won't last live while you can rejoice while you can praise while you can while you have little children teach them the priorities of the book grandchildren not too late Grampy, Grandma, Mimsy, Shemsy, P. Paul, P. Daddy, whatever. Doesn't matter what you call them. Teach it to them when they come to your house. Amen. Why? Because you have life to give to them. Life. Father, in your name, by the power of your Holy Spirit. I thank you for a divine anointing today, energized by the function of the Holy Spirit to speak to our hearts. Oh, there's some in this room today, God, you began to mess with their heart almost from the beginning. There's some that didn't think they were coming today to get a whole lot of nothing. But somewhere along the way, conviction began to crowd into their nothingness heart and you began to draw them in and in fear and trembling, here they stand. And some who said, I thought I was doing enough already, but I just found out I got just a little bit more to do for the kingdom. Because when I go into heaven's gates, Hallelujah. 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 I want the blessing of a mighty God. You might be hearing you're not right with Jesus, but you got an energized message. I'm going to ask everybody to repeat this prayer after me. Would you do that? Dear Jesus, Dear Jesus forgive me. Forgive me. I've, sinned. I've sinned. I've not been faithful. I've, been faithful. I've disappointed you. I've messed up, and today I need you to strengthen me, to forgive me, give me wisdom, and let me listen to what you have to say. And when I hear it, I will respond. In Jesus' name, amen. Here we go. What Jordan do you have to cross? God gave you a plan and God spoke to your heart. Nothing is going to pull you to this altar. The Holy Spirit will pull you. Why did they stay in slavery 500 years? Because they were disobedient. Why did they wander in the wilderness for 40 years? They were disobedient. Your life is not your own. Quit living it that way and then say you're a follower of Jesus Christ. Make up your mind to make the priority decisions about him. Make some sacrifices in your lifestyle. It pleases God. I don't like you anymore. I, I'd rather, I think I ought to get to do what I want to do. By what book are you reading? He says, the best life you could live is the one that requires take up your cross and follow me. And you know what I found out doing that is not miserable? I have my own party. I don't need anybody to come to have a party with me. I can have my own party. Just the Lord and me. That's it. Me, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. An all-male party. Just kidding, ladies. I know the Spirit has no gender, but just for me, okay? Let me just think in my mind. You want a touch from God? You finally want to get out of the muck from being stuck? You come on down here. If you prayed that prayer... come on down here if you've got family members that are lost and they're questionable come on down here you know what the problem is you think they're not lost and in reality they are by the scriptural standard don't play games with that if you do you'll believe that they are when they're not and if they're not and all of a sudden judgment comes you're going to be in trouble don't do that Well, I don't want to judge. I'd rather miss it on the judgment part than to do nothing about being certain that my family is saved. You have to do that. Let me encourage you. So as we sing this song, whatever it is going to be, as God directs you, oh yeah, one more thing. If you're facing a Jordan and you've identified it, And it's as big as a giant. You come on down. And God can reduce it right in your spirit before it's over. Come on now, everybody. God directs you.